WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. Hi, I'm Carrie Newcomer. Stay tuned for my small studio session. Next. Small Studio is made possible by a grant from the Herbert Simon Family Foundation and with support from Nito Art Shop and Sun King Brewery. Hi, this is Carrie Newcomer, and it's great to be here at Small Studio Sessions with WFYI. This is called I Believe. Two, three, four. I believe there are some debts that we can never repay. And I believe there are some words that we can never unsay And I don't know a single soul who didn't get lost along the way And I believe in socks and gloves knit out of soft gray wool And that there's a place in heaven for those who teaching public school and I know I get some things right but mostly I'm a fool I believe in a good strong cup of ginger tea and that all these shoots and roots will become a tree all I know I can't help but see all of this as silvery holy and I believe in jars of jelly put up by careful hands and I believe most folks are doing just about the best they can and I know there are some things that I will never understand I believe there's healing in the sound of your voice and that A summer tomato is a cause to rejoice and that Following a song was never really a choice Never really See again, I believe in the kindness of strangers and the comfort of old friends. And when I close my eyes to sleep at night, that is good to say. And I believe that life's comprised of smiles and sniffles and tears And in an old coat that still has another good year 
And I know that I get scared sometimes But all I need is here I believe in a good strong cup of ginger tea And that all these shoots and roots will become a tree All I know is I can't help but see All of this as so very holy I believe I believe I believe I believe All right <laughs> Thank you um, first of all, I should right away uh, introduce Mr. Gary Walters on the piano today. Um, Gary and I have worked together for many years now, many and recorded and collaborated, in a, which means he's up for sainthood somewhere. Um, same. But it's, it's just a delight that, uh, to work together and, and start this next tour of, uh, of the new album, The Beautiful Not Yet, together. So this song is, is from that uh, new, new album that's just coming out, Beautiful Not Yet. Um, it's a little better in tune, so I'm going to tune it. came about, uh, Barbara Kingsolver has a phrase she tells her children. She says, you can do hard things. And uh, I love that phrase. I really love it. And uh, on a couple levels, one, because it, you know, totally acknowledges that what they're going to be doing is difficult, that they may not feel comfortable doing it yet, that uh, it might be even scary. And at the same time affirms that everything has brought them here and that they have everything they need to move forward and support for it, which is very important. So I kept thinking about that phrase and uh, thinking about all the times that someone in my life said, Carrie, you can do this hard thing. And it really, and it really helped, you know. There at the table With my head in my hand A column of numbers I just did not understand You said add these together Carry the two Now you can do this hard thing you can do this hard thing It's not easy, I know But I believe that it's so You can do this hard thing 
at a cold winter station, a breathing into our gloves. It would change me forever, leaving for God knows what. You carried my bags. You said I'll wait for you. You can do this hard thing. You can do this hard thing. It's not easy, I know, but I believe that it's so. You can do this hard thing. Late at night, I called, and you answered the phone. The worst it had happened. And I did not want to be alone. You quietly listened. You said we'll see this through. You can do this hard thing. You can do this hard thing. It's not easy, I know, but I believe that it's so. You can do this hard thing. Hearts hung like laundry on backyard clotheslines. Impossible just takes a little more time. From the muddy ground comes a green volunteer. In a place we thought barren, new life. Appears. Morning will come, whistling some comforting tune for you. You can do this hard thing. You can do this hard thing. It's not easy, I know, but I believe that it's so. You can do this hard. I do have a, a new album that, that uh, is coming out in September, and it's called The Beautiful Not Yet, and this is another song from that collection. Uh, it came about, I was in conversation with Parker J. Palmer, um, this brilliant Quaker author that I know and really respect and admire. Um, and we were talking about heartbreak, and I asked him, what, what do you do? when you're personally or politically heartbroken, what does a person do? And uh, he said, sometimes you just have to take sanctuary. And I, I, I thought that was a beautiful idea that 
Sometimes you just have to rest in the arms of the things that you love, the people that support you, um, to gather your strength and your courage and your hope and remember what you believe in, and then go out and do it again. Um, there's a time for action, for what we need to do now, and there's times for sanctuary. Will you be my refuge, my haven in the storm? Will you keep the embers warm when my fire's all but gone? Will you remember and bring me sprigs of rosemary? Be my sanctuary till I can carry on. Carry on, carry on This one knocked me to the ground This one dropped me to my knees I should have seen it coming But it surprised me Will you be my refuge? My haven in the storm Will you keep the embers warm when my fire's all but gone? Will you remember and bring me sprigs of rosemary? Be my sanctuary till I can carry Carry on, carry on. In a state of true believers On streets called us and them It's gonna take some time Till the world feels safe again Will you be my refuge? My haven in the storm Will you keep the embers warm When my fire's all but gone? Will you remember Bring me sprigs of rosemary Be my sanctuary Till I can carry on Carry on Carry on Here in Brown Chapel Or with a circle of friends A quiet grove of trees Or between two bookends Will you be my refuge? My haven in the storm Will you keep the embers warm When my fire's all but gone? Will you remember Bring me sprigs of rosemary Be my sanctuary Till I can carry on Carry on 
carry on, carry on. Well, this next song uh, is another one from that new collection, The Beautiful Night Yet. It's called A Shovel is a Prayer. And it's about how we choose to frame the world. You know, if we ch choose to look at the world and, it, and see it as all shadow, then all we will see is shadow. If we choose to frame it with a bit of hope, then it's shadow and light. And if we, if we choose to see what we do each day, who we meet each day as part of a continuing prayer, then we see the world as a prayer. One, two, three, four. When he steps down and the soft earth gives way A baby is a prayer when it's finally asleep A whispered amen at the end of the day And a friend is a prayer when they bring over soup When they laugh at your jokes and they don't ask for proof song that you sing when you are alone when you're weary or lonely or that far from home for all your searching there's nothing to do what you've been looking for is looking for you I'm the prodigal daughter You're the dissonant son You've been washed in rainwater With the fortunate ones On the other side of midnight Just before the dawn You can feel it coming up When the long night is done it's as heavy as grief And it's weightless as smoke It's the dream you forgot It's a letter you wrote It's a first bird's morning That sound like a hill Throw open the window And let the light in There's nothing to do What you've been looking for is looking for you I'm a wayfaring stranger You're Indiana Jones We are Gracie and George We're Watson and Holmes the air is filled with angels There's no devil to outrun Just sigh and kiss the ground When the long night is done 
It's a collar turned up, a kiss on the forehead, a string and two cans. It's the last thing you said. A hunch that you follow, a light in the dark, an idiot check. It's a bomb for your heart. For all your searching, there's nothing to do. What you've been looking for is looking for you. Well, it's been great to be here uh, with the small studio sessions with WFYI with Gary Walters on piano today. Again, I'm Carrie Newcomer. Uh, this last song is called Breathe In and Breathe Out. It was on a collection called Everything is Everywhere, uh, a benefit for the Interfaith Hunger Initiative. And uh, breathe in, breathe out, because sometimes you just need to do that. One, two, three, four. Embrace it all, hold it close Breathe it in, breathe it out Let it go To live is to love so many things That fly on beautiful wax wings Breathe it in, breathe it out Let it go Breathe in, breathe out Let it go
come a thousand lights Breathe it in, breathe it out Let it go Life is fleeting, this I know Short and draped in marigolds Breathe it in, breathe it out Let it go Breathe in, breathe out Let it go Interview with Carrie Newcomer from WFYI's Jill Dittmeyer. Carrie Newcomer, welcome to our small studio conversation. Oh, great to be here. Just wonderful. I remember you back from your Stone Soup band days. Wow, that, you know, just and, when I was just starting out. And, yeah. uh, and your then boyfriend, now husband, when he was in the Dorchestra. Yes, that, yes. So. I fell in love with the lead dork, yeah. <laughs> yes, which is hard to explain to people. <laughs> and when I went to Wikipedia to put your name in, I had to print off five pages of information, woman. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but see, this all just goes to prove that you are leading a very rich, full career. And I, I think that is uh, a nod to you in this day and age of, of music, especially for women in music. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, first of all, I'm very grateful. I mean, I, I'm so grateful that I get to do this thing I love so much. Um, but yeah, it's a very changing landscape in the music world. And, um, you know, being out there as a, as a woman, you know, there's not as many of us, actually, you know, and uh, so I'm very grateful that I get to do this thing I love. You were born in Michigan, and then your family moved to Elkhart, Indiana? Yes. Yeah, when I was five, so I'm really a Hoosier. Well, and you attended school here in Indiana. I did. I did. And you started out to—you taught visual art. Yeah, I went to school for visual art. I was I was kind of chalking up all the safe and secure professions that a person could, you know, you know check, visual art, check, you know, folk singing, check, you know, get, get all those safe and secure ones lined up. No, just— just kidding there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got a degree in visual art and then a degree to teach visual art. Um, but you know, after I, you know, after I got out of college, um, music was calling me. It was really where my heart was. And I decided to follow it. I'd, I'd been writing songs and performing, you know, bars, bowling alleys, coffee houses, all through college and decided to follow it, and I didn't know where it would lead me. I really didn't, but I just kind of knew I had to follow. And all these years later, 
I'm still following. And it's taken me the most interesting places, places that I could not have imagined. If you would have said, come up with creative, interesting ideas for where your career will take you, Carrie, I couldn't have come up with stuff that uh, that's actually happened. So, Well, and speaking about that, as I was looking over some of your history here, first I want to go to this era of time that says between 1993 and 2010, you released 12 albums during that time period. Uh, what yeah. was going on? Wow. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> that was a busy uh, time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm creatively restless. I'm a creatively rest, less restless person. And um, songwriting, songwriting's like breathing for me. You know, it's a, it's a daily practice. It's kind of a spiritual practice for me to be paying attention and writing and always writing. And I do, I write poetry and essays and uh, short stories um, as well as, as well as songs. Um, and I know back in, in uh, t- around 2011 with the American Center, you became a, a cultural ambassador for them and that took you to India. Yeah, that was, that was amazing experience. Um, I was invited first by the American Embassy School in Delhi to work with the kids for a week on creating works of art based on the topics of peace and justice in the world. And um, and then the American Center, which is the cultural outreach part of the American Embassy in India, um, uh, asked me to do concerts really literally all over the country and uh, do workshops and meet with groups uh, in the afternoon, particularly uh, groups that young Indians were involved with doing social service types of things, because I've done a lot of work with social service groups. So uh, it was a life-changing and amazing experience. Um, and then I got to go back a couple of years later uh, with an album that I created with three uh, incredible Indian musicians. Yeah, and uh, explain this to me. This is the Sarud, is that the? Sarod. Sarod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here in the Western world, we... we, we um, we know the sitar from all the Beatles music and that, you know, if that's like the violin of the Indian classical world, think of the sarod as like the cello, you know, of the Indian classical world. And when I was in India the first time, I had the great opportunity to meet uh, Amjad Ali Khan and his two sons, Ayan and Aman. Uh, you know, Amjad is, is kind of like the yo-yo ma. I was to say, they're like the, the, the stars of that genre of music oh, there. And, and truly um, just amazing musicians and we they invited me to their home and we ended up just sitting in their their studio there and in their home and Namjad's home and singing songs for one another and playing songs and um, we were both really touched by the kinds of music we were doing and the and the melodies and uh, and that my voice actually is very close in some waveforms, I guess, to us a road because I have a very low singing voice. So we decided to go ahead and do an album project together. I wrote songs. Now, I wrote them in Western form. You know, I'm not an Indian classical artist, so I I wrote them in Western form. But thinking in terms of leaving space for them to be able to improvise and do what they do. um, And it was a benefit album for the Interfaith Hunger Initiative. So... um, it was great. It was a great organization to work with, and uh, and again, such an honor, just an 
honor beyond words to, to be able to do a recording with Amjad and Ayan and Iman. When you were there and you were traveling around the country and, and teaching these children in these workshops, um, did you know what you were getting into? Did you did you have a picture of what the situation was going to be like when you went there? I know a lot of people, we think of India and we think of very poor conditions and, and very people who, who are in a lot of need. Yes, you know, and I, um, you know, both times when I went to India, you know, I didn't really know the first, especially the first time I went. Um, and it kind of always ends up that way. I've also did a tour in Africa and one in the Middle East. And, you know, I kind of go learning as much as I can before I go. But then you have to be open to whatever comes. And in India, I was very taken by um, that that everything, well, this album's called Everything is Everywhere. Things are not separated. It's like here, there's here's the pretty part of our culture. Here's the part that's pretty tough and hard to see. Uh, we all know there's folks who are living under the bridge, but we don't often see that. And in India, it's, you know, it's all together, you know. So you have this beautiful, rich, uh, incredible culture, old, old culture, uh, that's very spiritual, um, and yet you know there's a lot of need and and some heartbreaking things as well. But it's not hidden; it's it's all there. So, and that was the song. Everything is everywhere. And another one of your albums and a book that you wrote as well, the, the Permeable Life. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, my my last recording was called the Permeable Life, and there was my first book that came out with that, A Permeable Life, say, uh, uh, Poems and Essays. My newest album, uh, uh, The Beautiful Not Yet, also has a companion book, The Beautiful Not Yet, Poems, Essays, and Lyrics. So it's, it's been really fun to, to put out these, these uh, two collections, these two books. Um, you know, if you lined up 11 songwriters and you asked them their process, they would give you 14 ways that they do it. But my my process, the way it usually works for me is I I usually start with poems and essays and stories, and I, I do a lot of writing that isn't songwriting. And then when I sit down to write the song, I have all this language, and I've been really musing with these ideas for for quite a while. And then the music and the lyrics happen together. But but usually these poems and these essays start the process. Um, and I've told people that before, and, th- you know, why don't you put out a collection of, of some of these? It would be really nice to see where the songs come from. Uh, and so, so I did, uh, with A Permeable Life and, and now with The Beautiful Not Yet. And so much of your life has been give. I mean, you, you're, you and your husband especially, I mean, you're, you're very charity-focused um, and a, a good portion of, of the money that you raise, you're always giving back. Why? Why is that important to you? You know, I think, I just think it's important that we all do our own small part. You know, we're living in a world that's, you know, there's a there's a lot of sorrows in this world. I mean, there's shadow and there is light, um, and you know, we're getting a, an overwhelming amount of information about the shadow. I think right now there's a lot of fear and a lot of, you know, really. Uh, yeah, we're just getting a lot of that kind of news. Um, but there's a different source of news, and you know, and it comes from within us and between us, this idea that 
you know, what have what has saved us as people, as individuals, as a community, is still here to save us. The compassion and hospitality and generosity for caring for those who are not who are having a hard time right now. You know, good parenting, a sense of humor. You know, these things are all still here. They didn't go away because we're, you know, we, we, we have lived through some pretty brutal political seasons. It's all still here. And, you know, and I think each one of us, you know, each one of us have the opportunity. You know, there's a song on the new album called Three Feet or So um, that came from a story. Uh, Greg Ellison, wonderful author, tells a story of asking his grandmother, you know, how do I change the world? And his grandmother said, I can't change the whole world, but I can change what's three feet around me. And yes, we have enormous, we have enormous uh, power to change for the better, just in how we walk around every day. You know, a small kindness can change someone's whole day. You know, we do have incredible power to make positive change in the world. I mean, that's the only way it happens, really. And so in terms of this giving back idea, you know, I kind of believe that, that it's important that I do my own small part and it will make its own small good. And this know. seems to be an, an essence that you've had your entire life, that it, it's, it's a, a, font, a fountain that's been inside of you that has, as you were saying, you know, you, you checked off the, yeah. let's be the artist, let's be the folk singer. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's always has been this sense of, of faith and these elements of, of that could be tagged as spirituality, but they, it's all about the world and the oneness. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's kind of how you, how you decide to look at the world. Um, yeah, I, you know, there's a spiritual current in my work because there's a spiritual current in my life. If, if there wasn't, you know, if that didn't show up in my work, I'd be censoring something kind of important about how I walk around in the world and how I experience my life. But I do try very hard to, to write very inclusively, to, um, to write toward that longing. And I think all of us have spiritual experiences, sometimes within formal traditions, sometimes in the natural world, sometimes it's just holding our baby in our arms for the first time, and the horizon expands in all directions. I mean, we have those experiences. There's a longing, that we, something we lean into that, if not greater, is larger than us. And that's what I write to. And I try to write it in a way that you know, includes and doesn't exclude. And, and how, how do we embrace that and not push it away or fear it? I don't, I, you know, that's, that's, an inter- that's a very interesting question. Um, you know, I, I think, I don't know. It has a lot to do with love for me. I mean, I really, as you can tell, I really love people. Mm-hmm. I really do, which is, you know, kind of unfashionable to say these days. But, you know, I, I really do love people. Um, and I love this world. Well, and I think that's kind of the other thing, too. Sometimes when people um, trademark someone as, oh, they're, they're very spiritual or they have that factor in them, people are like, oh, boy, here we go. But, you know, it's not. But it's a difference. But There's I think it's also not candy-coated. I mean, like, you know, on this new album, I, I do explore the idea of hope quite a bit. But, you know, there, it's not 
Hallmark card. It's not wishful thinking. It's not um, positive thinking. It's not Pollyanna. Um, I think real hope and real love is pretty gritty stuff. You know, you, you get up in the morning and you try again to make the world just a little kinder place in your own way. And the next day you get up and you do it again. And the next day you get up and you have been disappointed. And you, and you do it again. Um, it, it's about hope and that is faithful. Um, it's so easy to be cynical. It is not a courageous thing to be cynical. It is courageous to be hopeful in this world and to do that kind of gritty love and hope I'm talking about. Um, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> well, I guess it's for the faint of heart, too. Sometimes I go out with shaky knees and, and okay, you know, you know, you do your thing. But you know, with this idea that, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's daily, it's faithful, and it's really powerful. Uh, and it's not, no, it's not Pollyanna. It's, it's courageous. Well, and I think that's what your your music definitely is is filled with all of that. And because you continue to create new music, and with the now with the companions with the books, you can reach even more people to give them a little bit of that. And I think you know, I think that's a really important thing about the arts right now. I mean, I'm of course I'm I'm biased. I'm 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 an artist, but I, I think the arts have this incredible opportunity right now. You know that we're living in a very divisive time and you know people are putting up walls and you know that and and thinking that there um, there are divisions and no bridges but you know I think in the arts there's this opportunity to speak to what's human to speak to the common thread that we all know that if you tell someone a story you know, most times they'll leave their hearts open just a little. You know, if you're up there in a soapbox, people just, you know, and I do it too, you know. But if you tell someone a story that's honest and true and human, they will leave their hearts open just a little bit longer. Uh, and in that moment, there's a chance. There's a chance for a new conversation. I I met this incredible activist, um, 80-year-old woman when I was in the Middle East, and she'd done a lot of work. Um, she'd done a lot of work in inner. Uh, interfaith dialogue in a very conflicted part of the world. And she said, Carrie, you know, if you if you start with dogma down, dogma down, you get stuck immediately. There is nowhere to go. But if you start with our most beautiful shared values and you take action there, then there's a conversation. Then there's something human. Um, and there's somewhere to go. There is a bridge. It's It's, you know, I don't believe that we are divided and there are no bridges. I think there's bridges um, every day between us all the time. And you seem to be able to find new places to, to share that with, to share that sense of hope and, and to make those new bridges too uh, with different projects that yeah. kind of don't not necessarily come your way, but I think because you are so open and you are sending good stuff out there that they maybe they find their way to you. Well, it's interesting, like I say, because I could not have like planned, you know, like yeah. come up with something creative that you'd like to, you know, how about going to India? You know, it's yeah. like, wow, okay. Um, and it's not like it just came out of the blue. I mean, it, like you said, th there's been uh, a long time, a, a life of 
following an idea. Something really good happened to my songwriting when I decided not to just follow the, you know, the the music, the the music business, or the you know that. But when I started following what the songs were about, you know, what what am I writing about? What are the things that move me and fascinate me? Um, that keep calling me back. You know what? When I pull back all the distractions of my life, what's at the very heart of it? You know, those kinds of questions. You know, when I decided I would follow that, um, something shifted in my career and in my art. Um, it became more focused, I think. There was, and, and even though the path went all these different ways and directions that I never imagined, um, it made sense. Can it get too personal? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, my my songs use a lot of personal detail. You know, I'm I'm pretty honest with my own humanity, but it, it, I have no interest in in like putting my diary out there. I mean, it's I just I just don't have any interest. I don't think it it really reaches across. Um, I use my own details because that makes it rich and human and real. Uh, you know. I understand this. We we both understand this thing we're talk. I'm talking about here, um, but always with an idea of what it is that we share. You know, not my diary, but what is it between us that we both recognize in the story? Those shared experiences, like you said, that does it. It, it makes people think of life and spirituality and giving and receiving in mm-hmm. a in, a, in a, a new way. I think for a lot of people, because people do tend to get focused and kind of let the walls kind of close in rather than letting them expand. Yeah, and I you know, and I think also a good sense of humor, you know. I I I said earlier you know that, that I love people, but you know, and people are amazing and they're and they're fascinating and they're bewildering and they're they're inspiring, but they're also funny. I mean, I'm funny. I mean, we're all human beings. We are just funny. And I I think one of the things I've loved about following this songwriting thing is being able to, you know, really learn how to laugh at myself and enjoy the, the humor. Well, you've got to collaborate with a lot of kind of some funny people, too, people with good humor and good good sense of, oh. of life and as well. You know, I've had, in terms of collaboration, I've, oh, again, I just, I'm so grateful for the kinds of people I've been able to work with, uh, people I admire and respect on, you know, as artists uh, but also as people, you know, so uh, Parker Palmer. Uh, about half of the songs on this new album, uh, The Beautiful Not Yet, were written for a collaboration I'm doing with Parker and uh, Gary Walters called What We Need Is Here, Hope, Hard Times, and the Human Possibility, spoken word and music um, uh, show. So several of the songs came out of that collaboration, um, you know, had had wonderful experience working with Jill Bolte-Taylor, the uh, author of My Stroke of Insight, just an amazing human being, and uh, Phil Gully, our wonderful local, but... but That's what I was thinking, world, humor there. But there you go. Like, <laughs> oh, Phil Gully, who is brilliant. I'm just this flat-out brilliant writer, and yes, he has one of the best senses of humor. Um, you know, Scott Russell Sanders, um, you know, Barbara King. So just having this opportunity to work with authors and um, artists that, like I said, I admire 
their art, but I also admire them so much as people. I think those collaborations are also important for other artists to see, that there really is, there's more to to give and receive when you work together with other people that maybe aren't oh, yeah. in your same exact area that you're in. And someone you might go, how am I ever going to come up with anything with them? Well, it's been... Those are sometimes the most enriching collaborations. Yeah, because, it, I mean, okay, an Indiana folk singer and an Indian classical Sarod player. Yeah. Immediately you think, that will work. <laughs> <laughs> India. <laughs> There's Indiana, <laughs> India. Um, but it was such an incredible experience, and it, it did. It pushed my edges in all directions. I, You know, I am creatively restless. If every, you know, I, I have about 16 albums now out now, and, you know... Every album, I feel like I really, I really want to push my creative edges. That it takes me somewhere new. That I, I challenge myself, and um, or else why do it? I like that that you're delving into the spoken word thing because that's kind of the name for it for some of these younger kids that are up and coming with it when mm-hmm. many of us and I've heard some of them say, "Well, I was always writing poetry and stuff. I just didn't know it could be that I could say it out loud." Yes. And it, so now it has a name and a meaning to them. And then that gives them a little bit more encouragement and courage. Oh, I love this this new wave, of, especially of, of young uh, writers and poets, um, the whole live lit thing and storytelling without notes and, and poetry. Um, it's I, I think it's a great phenomena and I'm very excited about it. And yes, it does. It, it, it's opening opening up this whole avenue and yes, yeah, spoken word and music, putting these things together. Um, uh, I did a wonderful, I just, just did a wonderful collaboration with Scott Sanders and five other songwriters, uh, Krista Detour, um, Michael White, um, uh, Tom Rosnowski, and, um, and, 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 and we just did this thing called Wilderness Plots that was all based on a, um, and Tim Graham, sorry, and did a, uh, a show that was based upon short stories by Scott Sanders and and all the all the musicians. We were all very different in how we approached music, and uh, it was such a fun collaboration because uh, it did it stretched us, stretched us all in all these different directions, and it was such a fun project. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I'm again back to that gratitude idea that I'm very grateful that I've gotten to work with some of the people I have. Tell me about your voice. You do have a, a lower speaking voice and singing voice. Was it has it been that way your entire life? Yeah, you know, I and it it surprises people sometimes because um, I'm not I'm not a, a real tall. You're a very petite, lovely uh, woman who you would expect to have more of a maybe a, a higher sing songy kind of voice, kind of perhaps. a wayfish voice, yeah. and and no, no, and then you open my power. mouth and. <laughs> I've had people say, how come <laughs> you walk in like this and you sing like this? Um, but, yeah, that's kind of what I have. Um, and that was, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you don't hear as many altos and low-voiced women uh, in commercial music. But I, I think, you know, there's, there's something uh, about a low voice that has its own, has its own thing. Um, the uh, Ayan uh, Ali Khan, who uh, one of the wonderful Sarod players, he, he he and his wife just had twin boys about four years ago, and they they listened to my album in the car, 
because, uh, you know, this low-voiced woman, they, you know, they call me Carrie Auntie, but, you know, they like, they like the sound of it. And, you know, if you can put kids and dogs to sleep, that's kind of good, <laughs> I guess, you know. <laughs> I believe in one of the songs that you sang. Isn't that a prayer, a sleeping baby? <laughs> a sleeping baby, you know. But, yeah, you know, you, yeah, this, is, this is what I got, and, I'm, and I kind of work with it. So the beautiful not yet. The beautiful not yet. Yes, this is my newest album. I'm very excited about it. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it is uh, the finest album I've I've come up with, which is what you want to say with each new album. Everyone to say I I push something here, and I feel like something expanded and grew, and I feel that way about this new one. Um, uh, first of all, it was produced by Jamie Stone and co-produced by David Weber at Airtime Studio. And just this collection of elegant, elegant musicians. Um, you know, Joe Phillips on bass, Natalie Haas on uh, cello, Sumaya Jackson on fiddle, uh, Jordan Tice, uh, just an incredible guitarist, uh, Gary Walters, of course, playing piano, Jamie Stone on the banjo. I mean, just this collection, this kind of combination of um, kind of classical virtuoso with root sensibilities. It's interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just such a fun, I- amazing album to, to record and to write for. Uh, Jamie and I, we did a, a bunch of pre-production beforehand, you know, uh, hooray for Skype. And, uh, but we decided that it would be really great if before the recording, we would all get together. We recorded in Bloomington, Indiana that we'd all get together a few days before. And, you know, we rehearsed, and we sat on my front porch, and we I live out in the middle of the woods, so we walked in the woods, and we talked about our lives and played with my dogs. And, you know, it's, it had this really wonderful family kind of feel by the time we got in the studio. And I think that shows on the album, too. There's just this kind of joy for what we're doing. And because you sometimes it's, it is just you and Gary, and other times it's you and all these other artists, is there a different Carrie that comes to those recording sessions, or is it always the same Carrie that's there? It's always the same uh, Carrie. I'm glad I get to work in these different contexts. You know, there's something amazing when you get to work with a full band. I mean, there's nothing like a drum at your back. I mean, um, and just that interplay of of uh, instruments. Um, but there's something really lovely that I like about solo work or duo work with Gary because there's an intimacy to it that you just can't get any other way. So, you know, I like that I, I get to do all of the above. You know, when I when I said that the musicians on this project are elegant, you know, what I mean is um, a really elegant musician knows that what you don't say is just as important as what you do say. That you know, every every person on this album is a, is truly uh, uh, a virtuoso on their instrument. Have just great passion and dedication to their instrument. If you needed a lot of notes, they could play a lot of notes for you. Uh, and if that's what's needed, that that's what they would do. But if all that was needed was three notes and a pause, that's all they would do. It's it's very egoless playing, and it's all about the song. It's about what makes the song most poignant and powerful. It, um, it's not even about me. It's about the song. And 
And I really appreciated that about this group of musicians, their elegance. Because um, that's, the, that's the carry that kind of shows up. It's about the song, you know? So the, the title is The Beautiful Not Yet. Is there a, a beautiful to reach? Or should there always be a beautiful out there? Ah, well, the beautiful not yet. Yeah, it comes. It's a title track. It's a song on the uh, album that I wrote with a wonderful young writer, uh, Chloe Grace. And I was down in Bloomington, and there's this time in Indiana. You know, it's after the first, after the snows are gone. The last you know, snow has happened, but the buds have not opened on the trees yet. And a lot of people say it's not a very pretty time here, that it's gray, you know, or it's, it's, you're not, we're looking toward spring and summer, you know, and the lushness of, of Indiana. But I was walking around in the woods at that moment, and I realized that the light was coming down through the trees in a way that it doesn't come down in any other, at any other time, that it was clean and clear. It was spring light. It wasn't winter light. It was spring light. But there were no leaves to make it diffuse. Uh, and there was something so beautiful about it. And I thought, you know, we live in a very goal-oriented world. That, and yes, it's good to have goals. But, you know, to be thinking about the next thing or the next hour or the next week or the next... But when I'm right here now... In the beautiful not yet, oh, there's such beauty. That's really where my life happens. So we're always there. Everything that came before and all that's not yet, you know. We stand here kind of in the center, and that's, that's where the song came from, and that's the idea behind it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your music and your time and your, your insight with all of us today. We sincerely appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on this wonderful program.